Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm I'm doing... Is this the, again like last time where you're like, I'm good, I'm alright, but really inside you're like, I'm not too great. No. Okay, um, say what you mean. I know, I am. <laughs> it's it's so, it's, well, I think that my the, my song choice for They Said It Best will say okay. it perfectly. Okay. It's anytime someone with depression really like, like makes a big declaration of like, I'm good. Yes. Like, take that with a huge grain of salt For because sure. they may feel like in the moment, like everything's fixed. It's not like no. it's it's there's still stuff going on. But uh, I've had a good day. Good. I had a good day yesterday. I mean, it's um, 9 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. There still could be a lot to go wrong, but I'm feeling good. Plenty of time to screw it today, up. Today I am today I am feeling good, which good. is good because I've I've had kind of a down week. So um, um, it's just it, it's always like taking one. It's it's, uh, it's taking two steps forward and then taking a step back, but right. just celebrating the progress that I made two and only gave back one. So there you eventually go. you're going forward slowly but surely. For so, sure. Um, yeah, but we've, we've both, you and I, like you've had a hell of the last couple of weeks because we took last week off. Yeah, I needed it. And you needed Thank it. you for that. Of course. That's why we have those, t- uh, those two, the Republics in the bank. And it worked out great releasing it when we did, because I think it was timely. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that episode. I don't know why I'm I feel most proud or most I mean our sign off for to the republic is to stay informed and vote mm-hmm. right to vote and stay informed and so the voter first voting episode we did I think is super important yeah and timeless yeah you can listen back and it's still relevant mm-hmm. um, and then last week we did uh, voter suppression and that's on our feed if you haven't listened to it yet um, go back because it's it's me and Jake so it feels a little bit like say what you mean yeah um, I think it was uh, a I think it was a great episode. Um, learned a lot, and there was just the statistics are just God, man. Like it, it just it, it's honestly it's heartbreaking, and it's yeah. It as an as an American, if you can to understand what our fellow Americans have gone through, and they're still going through. It, yeah, it just dude, it makes you kind of like when you really sit back and like I want I listened I've listened back to that episode. Well, once when I was editing it, right. and I've listened to it twice since we posted it, and the more I listen to it, and the more those numbers sink in, just like yeah. especially the post reconstruction era, like the loss of voting, yeah, participation, the loss of parti- well, no, the loss of or participation, restriction. but restrictions yeah. and like these institutional barriers that we talk about that yeah. have been put in place to like basically say like this, it's almost like this recognition of this of the party. That's saying like we can't win if certain people are allowed to vote. Right. So we're going we're going to not we're going to do all we can to not allow them to vote, and then convince our our base that they're that is justified of uh, basically doing that mm-hmm. because those people are lazy criminals, criminals, whatever they're whatever, right. and it's just like this dehumanizing to justify this voter suppression. Yeah. And instead of instead of instead of looking back and being like. We're a party that rep- that's supposed to represent America. Yeah. What can we do to be more inclusive? They try to nope. they try to exclude. Oh, you're like calling out party. I'm calling I'm calling out the party, man. <laughs> okay. Like I'm just I'm d- I'm done with it. Yeah. I, I'm I I've gotten to the point where I I it's I'm I'm watching what is go- I'm watching what's going on. Like we have the president sitting in front in, at his at his desk pushing goya beans. Yeah, that's tight. Like. <laughs> That's that is a violation of the Hatch Act. That's illegal. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's illegal, and this is supposed to be the law and order president. That's no more illegal. Oh, for bringing that. That's up. no that's more. That's no more illegal than the stuff that he was trying to 
actually, that is illegal. In him, in him going in, breaking up protests in Lafayette Square, peaceful, legal protests. Right. I, I just, I can't. I, I just, I can't. I am so angry right now. I don't know. You got a rant, and yeah. I think we're just going to rant for sure. I'm just, dude. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm so listen to, so, uh, to the Republic. <laughs> so done with it, dude. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to attempt to do something here. Okay. Okay. So last week I, we took off cause my dog Dexter died. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I went, I went off on a, on a tangent there. It's all good. It's just promoting to the Republic, dude. I know. It, it, to the Republic wasn't that passionate, but I mean, it's it, this one would definitely will be this episode. Um, so Dexter died. So I don't, I don't really remember how much I've talked about his health on here. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I did. I guess say some things. So, September we found out he had congenitive congenital. How do you say that? I think it's congenitive. <laughs> heart I don't, failure. I don't know. I, His heart was too damn big, dude. Um, he loved too much. He did love too much. His heart was too big, and so because his heart was so big, it was caught and like fun- not functioning correctly. It was like some would sometimes fill his lungs up with liquid, and then his trachea would collapse because of the pressure from his chest. Um, so in September, we we got him a bunch of medications, to, mm-hmm. a diuretic to help with the, the fluid in his lungs, um, heart function medicine, and then uh, he was taking some hydrocodone when he'd get like worked up or about to get worked up to kind of relax mm-hmm. his esophagus so he wouldn't freak out and co- do the coughing that they do. And the coughing is the first thing that, that clued us in on something was wrong. So, um, And I just am saying that because as dog owners, I'm not trying to be like, I am the best dog owner, but as dog owners, like pay attention to stuff like that. Like you may even even if your vet tells you it's one thing, just question it because go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Something might be wrong. So um, they told us allergies at first, but then it kept getting worse. And I'm like, you know, we're talking. There's something else here. Sure. Well, it was heart failure, and we got uh, echocardiogram and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So they told us, you know, it could be six months, it could be a year. Um, I cried for like days after that. And Jen was like, dude, he's not dead yet. Like, relax. And I was like, I know, but it's just like there's an end <laughs> that we're coming to. Um, so about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago now, he had an episode. I woke up Saturday morning. I was going to go visit my friend and, and it was his birthday and I wanted to bring him a gift. Um, but Dexter was like really struggling to breathe and it, it kind of freaked us out. So the one, the one thing that really like panicked us was we lifted his teeth, his gum up and his gums were white. And I'm like, he's not getting enough oxygen. We need to take him to the ER now. So we took him to the ER, this one right over here um, by Costco. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it right now. I should give him a shout out because, um, oh my God, they were amazing. The one by, I know which one you're talking about. Um, anyway, so we took him there and it was almost like it was so panicky because Columbia river veterinary specialist is what it's called. It's an emergency room open 24 hours. So we took him down there and, um, he, that was so terrible because in just the panic and with COVID Mm -hmm. you can't walk your dog in and like be there. They like snatch the dog up and like, we'll be back. And then they took him. And then we don't know if he's going to die. So we're like, is that the last moment we're going to see him? It was terrible, dude. We cried all night long. We couldn't sleep all night long. They had him on oxygen 
they put him in a box where they just pump mm-hmm. him with oxygen so he's breathing. They gave him the diuretic that we had, but just more of it. And the vet was like, hey, dude, like, he's going to be okay, but you guys need to start looking at bad days versus good days. Now, that's something we've always considered is like, is he getting worse? And he hadn't been. Nights were the, always the worst. He'd get mm-hmm. a little worse at nights and really struggle. And then we'd give him his benef- medicine in like 15, 10 minutes. He'd be good again. He'd struggle to breathe or he'd like sleep. He always slept on his back. So that big ass heart is just mm-hmm. weighing down on him. Um, so he'd like get up, start coughing and we'd give him his medication because it was time. And then he'd be like, oh, okay, I'm good. And then during the day, dogs running around the yard, he's playing, he's having a good time. Um, it was just at night. So we're, we're weighing the nights. How, how bad are the nights getting? Um, and the bird chirping. I, sometimes when I listen back, I can hear the birds chirping mm-hmm. in the back. <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever catches I, that. I, I, I can hear it. Um, so 4th of July is coming up. And I know this is not going to be good. We know it's not going to be good. Because whenever he gets excited, that's when he starts having a little bit of an episode or mm-hmm. when he's sleeping. <clears throat> so July 3rd comes and... He's having an episode late at night and Jen's up with him and the 15 minute turnaround that usually happens with the medicine isn't happening. Okay. And it's, it's taking almost an hour for him to, to, to get, to get, it takes him over an hour to get back to normal and he's just struggling to breathe. And Jen says she, she came home. She like, when I woke up, she was like, last night was not good. I almost woke you up. Like I was scared. I was like, tell me about it. So she tells me. And then she goes, at one point, he looks over at me and he's like, mama, like, I'm tired. Like, I can't. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, that's not good. And she's like, I I was scared. I almost woke you up. And I was like, well, we need to keep an eye on him. So 4th of July comes. Like, that was like the third, right? Mm -hmm. The the night of the third um, into the fourth. So we're hypersensitive to him the fourth. But we're like, let's just keep an eye on him. The fireworks are going to suck, whatever. So the timing with this dog has always been weird to me. And like knowing that he was coming to the end of the road, I keep saying whether it's the universe or whether it's God or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Dexter came into our life at a time when we needed him. Mm -hmm. We, we, Jen was there when he was born. The, her aunt was having puppies and it was an emergency situation. One of the puppies had died in her vaginal canal. So they had to do an emergency C-section and they cut out two puppies, which was Dexter and his brother. And Jen, I don't remember why she was there, but she was there and like was there as they pulled Dexter out. And she was like, this is my dog. Like she just was like, Jeff, we have to have this dog. <coughs> so that was like eight years ago. In this time of eight years, it's been infertility. It's been it's been uh, fighting through health. It's mm-hmm. been sepsis, gentleman's dying. It's been it's been just the worst of things. But through it all, he's always been there. And so now that we Jen has had her excision surgery and we've kind of moved on from infertility, and we're going to go into foster care, and these kids are going to need our attention. It it almost feels like. The dog was like, dude, like my job's done. Like you guys are good. Like move on. Like I, I did my job like a good boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. It's getting me a little bit. You're good, man. You're good. Um, Keep going. Sorry. Don't apologize. <laughs> um, so 
on the fourth, he, oh, dude, such a good day. Like, and that's the timing mm-hmm. of him. Like, just playing, playing so hard, playing so well with Jen, and like, just such a good last day. Um, and then uh, I've always kind of hated the fucking fourth, just because I know it gives dogs anxiety and mm-hmm. it pisses me off. Yeah. Um, but also I've always worked jobs where uh, I started like at midnight on the fifth technically Mm -hmm. so i couldn't sleep because everybody's fucking going off on fireworks all night so i was like dude i hate the fourth of july like it's the worst (laughs) so but that that as like conditioned me to hate it but now with dogs and now with a dying dog i was like dude i don't want to deal with this so naturally he starts freaking out and we spent four hours trying to get him to calm down and giving him his medicine and my, my screen locked um he looks over at me at one point and, and gave me that look that Jen was talking about where he was like, dad, like I can't, like I can't do it. And I, I don't think that Jen would have ever made that call. I don't think she could have. Mm-hmm. And after he looked at me like that and because she had explained it to me prior that she, he gave her that look, I was like, dude, it's, it's time. Like he's telling me like, we got to go. So <clears throat> we took him down to that. What was it called again? Columbia River. Columbia River. And, dude, they could not have been better. Like, we got to hold him. Like, it almost like, I, I mean, it was still COVID yeah. secure, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, look, I called him. And I was like, look, like, our dog's dying. Like, I think this is the time. He was dying. Mm-hmm. He was dying. Yeah. He was not coming back. And he could not breathe. Um, and I didn't want him to die in a crisis. You know what yeah. I mean? I wanted him to ease him into sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, we went there and it was just us in the room and they gave us, they were like, dude, if you want to stay here with him, because they gave him a sedative that calmed him down and stuff. They're like, if you want to stay with him till tomorrow, like spend all the hours you want, but just let us know, like turn on the light and it would put a light onto the vet's room. They're like, it's time. Like we're ready to mm-hmm. say goodbye. Um, I mean, we didn't stay there for hours, but we, we took our time with him and like <clears throat> Jen said that she felt like the moment he passed and like she said like she could just feel him like like just the tension and the weight of being sick just Mm -hmm. go which was i don't know i think it's kind of beautiful because he fought for so long and hung out for so long with jen Mm -hmm. like while she was sick um but uh what was i gonna say i don't know what a cool fucking dog he was a cool dog. Yeah, I got to know um, him. I got to know him a little bit over the years, and he was just always so happy. And it. Um. So, we, you know, it's funny because we were like, uh, Rudy. When Rudy died, he was buried out here under the tree, mm-hmm. and we were always like, like, let's bury him with Rudy, like bury him under the tree. But then, like when he was gone, and we had to come home, like it did not feel like home, and then. I was like, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, let's cremate him. Like, we could have brought his body back and buried it, but I thought that would have been so hard, dude. That yeah. would have been so hard to do. Um, so we talked about him. We had him cremated, and, like, I was like, I mean, look, this was not cheap. This fucking dog was not cheap <laughs> in the long run. But I would have paid any amount of money to keep him going. Um, but, obviously, he told me, like, he, it's it's time, Dad. Like, I got to go. But... 
So we put a lot of money into this last, like, to into his passing and stuff. And they're like, we're going to send it off to this place for cremation. And, like, they're super sweet. They handle the, ki- the animals with, like, the best care. Dude, we got that. When I went and picked up his ashes from the vet, and it was in this fucking, like, wood box this beautiful wood box with all these poems and like uh uh paw print thing and like they they do they cut his hair and put it in a little pouch oh my god dude we we just we cried the whole time we opened it and like just went through it and um anyways that's why we were off last week i'm gonna stop being such a baby about it but don't (laughs) (laughs) one you're not being a baby that's a family member right you go through it's a grieving process for sure and crying is natural so i I do want to say like and i said this a little bit like a few weeks ago but like when you go through infertility and like you can't have kids you turn to your pets you turn to harrison and dexter like Mm -hmm. uh there were there was a moment like I keep coming back to when we went to Horseshoe Lake mm-hmm. as we waited for the call from the infertility doctor to find out whether Jen was or not pregnant because they would check her hormones. And they were like, he calls and he's like, no, like she's not pregnant. Like, sorry, guys. Like, we're running out of fertilized eggs to attempt this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's such a th- it's such a physical, like painful thing to Jen to go through to, to try to insert these fertilized eggs. So every time it's just this daunting thing with hope to then despair, despair. So we're out at Horseshoe Lake. We get the call. Jen's not pregnant. And the first thing, like we cried. And then the first thing is like, let's go home to our boys. Like Mm -hmm. that's just always what we did. Like, so, you know, they, when you say they are family, I know you get it because there have been times Bo have been there for you. Bo has been there for you. Like Mm -hmm. saved your life. Like, yeah, it's the same way with this stupid dog. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but Jen and I now have like turned to Harrison like for playing and for you know like it's it's his turn to like we spent so much time focusing on Dexter because of his health like now it's like let's turn to Harrison and 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 give him the best life that he yeah. can have. That's um, awesome. He's been depressed, which has been making it hard because the three of us are just been wrecks lately and just like we had a we have a picture of Dexter and it's in a box with his paw print. We had to close it. Like, we can't even look at it yet. And, like, that's sad as fuck, too, because, like, at what point are we going to get to the point where we can look at him? Like, It'll come. That's kind of a bummer, you know? But I will say, um, oh, shit, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about him. Uh, oh, you know, when you lose a pet, it's different. Like, I've lost pets before, childhood pets. Mm-hmm. And I had for, like, I had one dog for, like, 12 years. Um, but when he died... I was a, a like a, a twenty year old or like nineteen year old kid, and I'm out going in with yeah. my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah, you go back to those childhood memories and you remember those, and you're sad. When it's your damn dog, you see him every day. Yeah. He's there every day. It's way different. Mm-hmm. It's way. It's Jen and I have said this, and this might be fucked up, but the entire infertility process has not been as sad as losing this stupid dog. It's been so hard, and I think I've cried almost every day, and it's been almost two weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, everyone says it's going to get easier, but then I go camping. I went camping last weekend. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I got to get away. I got to get out of this house because thank God we're moving because being here, I see him everywhere. I think yeah. I see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go camping with Jen's brothers, and I, I'm, you know, they're sad because Dexter's not around. Yeah. It's a family member mm-hmm. to them, but they both have lost dogs like 
in a tragic way. And they're like, dude, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> like, you stop thinking about him less, but the second you think about him, like, it brings you back. And I'm yeah. like, dude, this sucks. But I feel like we did a good job. I feel like we gave him everything we could. And it sucks that he's gone, but what a rad eight years that was. Not long enough, but there you go. That's why I was off. <laughs> well. Um, and I know he said he's stupid, but that's me just deflecting because I'm I know. bummed out. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. I know all that. Trust me. I know those. I know those techniques. I know. <laughs> I know those tools and techniques. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just so. I'm just. I'm just so sorry. Like I. Yeah. I. I do. I honestly would. I. I. I was. Um, I was having a day, and I just was. I had no idea what you were going through mm-hmm. or anything, and so I. I like. 11.30, I just packed up my camera, threw a bow in my car, and I was like, I'm going for a drive, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go find something to take a picture of. And I was just driving, 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 and <clears throat> I had just set up my tripod mm-hmm. and camera at my favorite spot, and I was going to take a picture of the Bridge of the Gods um, at night, mm-hmm. and it was perfect because it was a full moon, and the mo- moon was suspended over the bridge, and it, it just created for a really cool picture, and one where you could just honestly, like, the mental imagery was even better because you could just, like, I just sat there. I was just sitting there with Bo, mm-hmm. and I had just hit my shutter release when you texted me that you were taking Dexter in, mm-hmm. and, dude, I just hugged Bo, and, and I, 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 I cried. Right. I, I, yeah. I was so, because I know what that dog means to you and yeah. Jen, and I was just like, oh, my God, like, I just can't. I couldn't imagine like the pain that you guys were going through and I just right. felt so bad and I, it, I wish I could have been there in a, in a, in a better way, but sorry um, for making you cry. You're the first no. person I text. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. Don't apologize. Like it wasn't like it was, I mean, it wasn't like, I don't know. I just, you, I, dude, you, you it valued like, it. You took I, your dog there and you're like, Oh man, like, I don't know, dude. I was just so fo- I was so fortunate to still have like still, right, still right. have like my best friend, and I couldn't imagine what you guys are going through. So right, yeah. I just, dude, I'm so I'm so sorry, you guys lost Dexter. I text you because I knew you know you know what this means. You know what the impact of that was. Um, I will say that I've been angry. I've been talking about it for weeks. How pissed off I've been, and just like, and that that is a that is the the culmination of everything that's going on in my life. My dog yeah. being sick, everything. But him dying, I feel like, eased my heart a little bit. Like, whether it's me looking at the the whole timing of his life and timing of him going or whatever it was, it just it just eased my heart a little bit and made me start to look at things differently and appreciate things differently. Um, and again, another lesson that that dog is teaching me: like, mm-hmm. dude, just chill. Like, it's okay. Like, you're gonna be okay. So. Um, that has been good as like feeling a little ease at my heart um, and not being so angry and kind of just letting go and like tr- stop trying to control everything. And I've kind of been shifting there that direction anyways. And mm-hmm. I've talked about it a little bit here, but after him going, it's like, dude, like it's all right. You made it, you made it through that. And yeah. Survive. Yeah, exactly. And That's it, probably and, it. And it's like, okay, if I can survive that. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is nothing. That's compared. a good point. This is nothing compared That's a good to point. that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. For me, that's, that's kind of it. for me. That's, that's kind of it. it. Like, yeah. I've definitely calmed down a lot since, like, I've come on the. I've I've been through and come out the other side of some, you know, some some shit. Right. And you're just like, okay, I can get. Th- I can get. Right. Through, I can get through this. I've proven to myself that this isn't. 
this isn't catastrophic. Right. I'm still Jake Jokum. Well, that was daunting. That was hanging over us for yeah. so long. You I know. know what I, mean? I couldn't imagine. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know what. That's and you like, constantly think, like, am I going to be able to make that choice? Like, what's that look like? Yeah. It's daunting. And now I'm, that it's gone, it's like. <sighs> I'm terrified. I'm terrified because I mean, I'm going to. I'm going to go through it eventually. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, and I'm. I mean, I'm terrified. Why do of we it. do this? <laughs> because the time we get to spend with them is far better. True. Than than um, than that than the, the the pain that comes with their passing right but um, yeah I mean I just I I've I lost like you talk about family pets like I had one that was really really I was super close with like when growing up like, yeah. I got him when I was in fifth grade my parents got him when he was in fifth grade and he was kind of like he had a special relationship with each family member okay and like he was my hunting dog okay so, like, we went hunting together all the time. And mm-hmm. so when he passed, like that was really sad, especially since I'd kind of grown apart from him when I, because I was like 18, I was, yeah. I think I was like 19 <laughs> when he passed away. And because I was 18 year old going off and doing my own things, right. like, I wasn't with him on his last hunt. Mm-hmm. Like that just like, like looking back, like that kills me. Yeah. And like all the missed, like the missed opportunities I wish I had had with him because time was short and For I didn't sure. like, I didn't, if I had known, I obviously would have gone, but I didn't know. Right. And I don't know. I'm just... I'm happy that you guys had a good last day. Uh, dude, that, that's, so lucky. That's that's amazing. It I'm is. so happy. Like, it's great that you guys got that. Yeah. And yeah, just, dude, it just it just sucks. And you're right about 4th of July, man. Just <laughs> screw, that, screw that holiday. So I've vowed since then, since like, maybe, maybe because I've always hated it, maybe like in his honor, but also maybe to like protect Harrison. You know what's weird? It's like we got Dexter like anxiety medication <clears throat> to help him also mm-hmm. and it didn't work obviously cuz he was still freaking out. And I th- I was I was almost certain Jen gave Harrison the anxiety medication. He was like zonked out and just laying out in the booms like out here in fucking hillbilly land like yeah. they're going off and I'm like, "Man, he's I was like, Harrison's really zonked out, man. And Jen's like, yeah, I guess. And then the next day, like, we're talking. I was like, how much of that anxiety medication did you give to Harrison? She's like, none. I was like, what? Like, he was just chill the whole time. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just for my own, you know, mental health. But I'm not doing Fourth of July in the city anymore, ever again. I don't care if I need to be up on January 1st to ensure that I am camping somewhere but camping is now i will do whatever it takes to be camping on the fourth of july i don't care i don't i will i will be there ready to click reserve midnight if i need to like i'm just gonna make it happen like i don't want to be home anymore i want to be out and since then i've been i went to silver falls for a night um i'm going camping this weekend like i'm just trying to get out Mm -hmm. um but it also helps like move the timeline forward like uh we're moving august 1st but until then, I'm trying to put things to look forward to. Definitely. Also keep me busy. Also yeah. keep my mind going. And blah, 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 blah. Anyways, thank you for letting me share. Of course. Rest in peace, Dex. Um, oh, I was going to say, it, it, it's good to have him home. Like It felt weird have him be somewhere being cremated. Mm-hmm. And then once we brought him home, it was like, oh, it feels, it feels nice to have him home. Now, we would always be like, isn't that kind of creepy to have your dog's ashes like somewhere? But... I mean, when it's your dog, I guess it's different. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you make fun of everybody for everything until it's you. And then mm-hmm. you're like, no, it's totally excusable. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it feels good to have him home. Yeah. Whatever that means, if that even means anything, I don't know. But he's there and we see him and we have his picture and his paw and his fur and his his 
earn. It's just nice to have them home. Um, yeah. So, moving on. I have a rant. Okay. Okay. Let's hear, let's hear your rant. <laughs> it's on Roger Stone. Oh, God. Yeah. The commutation. <sighs> I don't know. What's that mean? Uh, that means that uh, he commuted this sentence, but he didn't mm-hmm. pardon him. Mm-hmm. No, nothing to do with that. Oh. Nothing at all. Oh, okay. Um, so, I'm, I'm just annoyed with... So, I've kind of, like, backed off on Trump supporters a little bit because... After after the Supreme Court tweet and how he's like, I'm feeling like the Supreme Court doesn't like me and nobody bats an eye at that. Like, that's just that's your guy. <laughs> it put a lot into perspective for me. Like, you just don't know. You just don't know how government works. Like, you just don't get it. Like, it's it's almost like forgiving because they're just dumb. <laughs> like, poor you. You don't get it. If you're that's the your guy and he's like, the Supreme Court doesn't like me. Okay, that sheds a little light on who you are. They're just ignorant to yeah. how the system works. Yes. So I've kind of backed on and off on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten into some conversations that have just revamped my annoyance with them. And it has to do, I think, a lot with the... I'm trying to think of how it started. Um, I have so many notes here. <laughs> um, I will start with Roger Stone. And Roger Stone in 2016, as... He is the puppet master. I don't care what anybody says. Because if he says something, three days later, Donald Trump is saying the same exact thing. And Roger Stone will fight at any cost to win. And he admits this. He admits this. Get Me Roger Stone is a documentary on Netflix that features Roger Stone throughout it. He is in it. He is being followed. He is a part of this documentary. Mm -hmm. And he does not hold back. He will tell you. He will slit your throat if it means that he can go ahead of you and get what he needs. That's his personality. That is the guy who is talking to your president and telling him, this is what we need to do. This is what we need. This is how we need to approach this. So... In the documentary, he's like, he's like, I am, I am the candidate. Uh, Don't he's he's saying Donald Trump is the candidate of law and order. Then it cuts to a clip of Donald Trump going, I am the candidate of law and order. And I said that because now he's saying I'm the president of law and order. And it's just like, I don't want to be as annoying as like the the saying is that you and I talk about. But like, wake up, Mm -hmm. like you sheep, you are all being manipulated by this by this president and by the people supporting him and i do you and you don't even realize it you think that we are all sheep on the other side who oppose him and that we just are robots and we just follow the government but the intentional manipulation from that side Mm -hmm. they just don't see it the intentional doubt in 2016 hillary clinton coughing while she was drinking the water Roger Stone says, all right, everybody spread that she's sick or we're concerned about her health. She's not she's not Mm -hmm. viable to be president because of her health. So then everybody Breitbart uh, uh, Infowars, like every alternative news starts spreading that she's not of good health and she can't be president because so now that starts. And then all the Trump supporters and all the growing Trump supporters are like, dude, this bitch can't even drink water. She's so sick. You know, like it literally goes to that extreme. Mm -hmm. Like that's how they talk. And that's what they believe. Yeah. And then, so you look today, and it's like Biden. There's so many clips of Biden like stumbling over words, over his words. That is intentional. Yeah. That is intentional from the, this. The thing with Biden though is that he's always stumbled over his words. So always. It's like that's not anything new to anybody. But 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 for them to go like yeah. the I, what aboutism is my point. Mm-hmm. 
Donald Trump. I'm like, dude, do you see Donald Trump the other day? He was sweating so hard during that interview. It was disgusting. You could barely breathe through it. They're like, yeah, but what about Biden? He can't even construct a full sentence. And I'm like, dude, you are falling for exactly what they want you to fall for. I can objectively look at Biden and be like, dude, construct a sentence. Come on. Like, you're killing me. Yeah. But for but for them to criticize him that way, it's done intentionally. Okay, yeah. Is there footage of him smelling hair on children and kissing their heads? Yes. Is it? borderline inappropriate or inappropriate yeah probably but guess what donald trump was best friends with jeff s uh jeffrey epstein who had a pedophile island where they would fuck kids are we not talking about that you want to talk about what about ism yeah well eventually that list is that that list is going to come out i'm just it's just annoying because like they're intentionally being driven to to a guy tells me the other day, the federal, the government hasn't done anything for the last 50 years. I said, what? He goes, well, Joe Biden's been in the government for the last 50 years. What has he done? I go, dude, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And he's like, no, I'm serious. And I go, for one example, for one example, let's just look at, <laughs> let's just look at the environment and initiatives surrounding the environment and green laws. Okay. Let's just look at that. The last eight years, the federal government and the Obama administration has spent setting rules on emissions, on protecting lands, animals, all of this stuff. It's all being undone by this administration. So how can you tell me that they haven't done anything for 50 years where I just gave you in the last eight years what the administration has done to protect the environment and how your guy is now completely destroying everything that we put in place? And we got into this huge argument about emissions and how he was saying that California – well, uh, so one of the things that Trump did was um, it no lo- California can no longer set harsher restrictions on emissions than the federal standard. Mm-hmm. He doesn't allow that anymore because California had stricter um, emissions laws. That, that is the opposite of federalism. Right. So I, I don't even know how that's I don't even know how that's technically legal and how California like hasn't sued. They may right. be they may I mean, be suing. They I, I you can federal government sets this the loosest standard. Mm-hmm. States can then restrict from there. That yes. is the basis of federalism. So the argument made made to me is like, well, because of California doing it, then everybody else follows suit. And I go, how is that bad? That's their right to do it. States' <laughs> rights. States' rights. Uh, the the 10th Amendment. You constitutional, like, oh, the Constitution is the law of the land. I'm I'm for the Constitution, the Constitution, the Constitution. The president who literally, like, I think he, in the second debate with Hillary Clinton, I think said the word Constitution almost like just to get it ingrained in people's minds at right. least 20 times because that's part of his marketing ploy is to convince you that he's somehow this the bastion of the of like strict interpretation of the constitution but don't look at the other hand as he's actually tearing apart all the institutions that uphold those that uphold that document right but the that's just state a state has a right to restrict further than what the federal government had that is just that is an integral part of how our system works right we have so, 50 50 semi-autonomous states yeah just the argument being made that of mm. why that's okay though is because California influences other states is the problem. 
I don't know. What? I don't know. And I'm like, how is that a problem, dude? You have the federal sent. I go. He I, he goes. Well, Washington State no longer has uh, emissions testing. I'm like, dude, that was a 40 year program initiated in the 70s because the cars were pollute. The pollution was terrible. Yeah. So let's have emissions tests. Let's try to lower the emissions. Yeah. Let's test it. And car manufacturers are going to build their technology to release lower emissions. That's just the goal. That program ended this year. It's not like Washington was like, uh, fuck it, we're done. That's not how it works, dude. <laughs> and and he was like, yeah, well, that's a good thing. And I was like, why is that a good thing? And he's like, because the technology is already there. And I'm trying to describe, explain. The technology is there yes, because I the know, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to explain that to him. The technology is there because of the legislation, the restrictions from the federal government and from the state government. If those restrictions are there, not there, if there's no incentives there, there's no reason for the manufacturers to make lower emissions. And he just doesn't get it, dude. It's just this whole, like. What? Where are you reading this? Where are you getting? Are you just making this up? Is this on Infowars? Like, are you being? T it's just. It's all constructed, and to it's, it's a narrow worldview that they can't because the, because they lack education or they've lacked travel. They basically have grown up in the same region their entire lives and yeah. never traveled any significant way, in any significant way outside of that bubble. They don't see how everything is. They just they can't see how everything is connected. Yeah. They don't. That's it. That is it. Because of the limit limitation of educate limit. Honestly, it's limitation of education. Yeah. Because the the education that's, that would allow them to make those connections in a time that they're in the time that they're mentally able to make those connections, which is going to be in their twenties. Right. They don't have like they just don't have access to it. It's behind a paywall. I mean, the access is there. Yeah, but you got to pay thirty grand for it. Oh, that access. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's just so frustrating. And another guy, he's like, "Dude, have you seen these two guys?" Uh, and they're wearing like, they're two African American dudes wearing like uh, 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 American flag shirts, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so, something else, like, but they are like, uh, they're libertarians or probably whatever secretive Trump yeah, supporters, you know. Whatever. And he's like, "Check out this video." And they're like, "Can you believe this? In Washington State, they had." Uh, you requirements to wear masks, but if you were black, you didn't have to wear masks. So they're already, isn't that racist in itself? They're anticipating, oh, you're cool because you're white and you're wearing your mask, but if you're black, then we're probably already assuming that you're a criminal. And I'm like, dude, that is not why. And he's like, what do you mean? And I go, the reason they have that caveat in that mandate is so that if you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to. It's not like, hey, we don't trust black people, so don't wear a mask. That is not – that's a misrepresentation of what the what we're talking mm -hmm. about. And I told this guy, I was like, look, this is another form of that media that I'm talking about that plants these seeds of doubt. I go, dude, you know how easy it would be for me to do this? And he's like, what? I go, start a YouTube channel, say everything that these people want to hear, monetize it, and get rich from it. I go, if I had no soul, I could do it, dude. And being a, being half Mexican, they'd be like, dude, this Mexican gets it. He's for Trump. Oh, they would cling to me so hard. They'd be like, look, dude, there is a Mexican who supports him. I go, I could do this, dude. Lopez for Trump. Yeah. Oh, I could do it, dude. <laughs> I could do it so easy because I know the limit of where they educate themselves. And I could push it to just that, that border mm -hmm. and not teach them any more, not teach them any less. Just get them right in that niche of what they want to hear. We could do that. 
We could do that on this show. Easily. So easily. And that gets me back to the point of like Roger Stone manipulating the media, manipulating the the um the headlines, the storylines, the the narrative mm-hmm. of the opponents and Donald Trump. These these narratives are all manipulated to trick you people. Well, it, to make you angry. And to make you angry and to vi- to be because, divisive. Because angry gets your eyes on them. Yes. Great point. Great point. It, it is about emotions. It is about anger. It is about they are wrong and we are right and we will save. It's the dirtiest, lowest bar of politics. And they're playing that. And for you to look at... For you to look at career politicians, for you to look at uh, the last 50 years of government and say, these people haven't done anything, okay, fine. You want to you die on that hill, tight. But you're going to stand by the fact that your, your representative is playing the dirtiest form of politics, and that's okay with you? Because what? It's anti-establishment? You're only anti-establishment until you need to be part of the establishment, mm-hmm. and then you'll revert back. And that's something Roger Stone says in that documentary. He knows what he's doing. And this is the guy who just got, what's the word? Commuted. Commuted (laughs) Uh, by Donald Trump. Like, you don't watch that documentary. If you're listening to this, watch that documentary. I know, and only people who who are against this administration are going to watch it. But even if you're for this administration, that's your guy. I don't get how you have people who... I, I just who can hear men like can hear individuals of of great like I don't know like I don't know what the word I'm searching for words I can't find them but mm-hmm. General Mattis um Robert Mueller mm-hmm. these are these are these are people who by all metrics in what we value as a society mm-hmm. have gotten to a level where they were that's like unquestionable respect served in the military rose through the ranks of the military well well educated very successful in their own rights and have spent their entire lives serving the public right and serving the public in a way that is like as unbiased as you can be keeping understanding the the rule like understanding the rules and the importance of not speaking out and undermining your president and understanding the chain of command and following that in every single aspect of their lives, telling you what is going on and in the most straightforward way that they can. Mm-hmm. And you not only do you ignore them, you vilify them. Yeah. Because they're they're not in line with you anymore. So you're telling me that the the the, the generals are good people until they don't agree with you and then they're just they're trash? Yeah. Their career politicians or career How trash do you watch a guy and take everything he says for gospel and allow him to dictate what is or isn't american and you uphold the military and you'll trash colin kaepernick and anybody who who kneels for the flag as un-american and unpatriotic but you'll wear you'll a guy who's never served a day in his life in tucker carlson call senator tammy duckworth un-american a woman who lost her legs when her when her helicopter, when she was flying a combat mission, took an RPG, lost both of her legs, and then in it and it immobilized one of her arms, you're gonna call her un-American? You're gonna allow him to call that woman un-American, and you're gonna uphold the the, the most courageous thing that Tucker Carlson has ever done is wear a bow tie on national television. 
Not just wear it, own it. And you're going to let him decide what is and what what isn't isn't American. You may disagree with Tammy Duckworth's politics, right. all of that, but to, to tax like that, it just I don't I don't understand. Mueller comes out and says to about Robert Stone, he is still a convicted felon Roger. and desert Rod, Roger Stone is still a convicted felon and deservedly so. Right. So and you don't and you don't you don't you don't ask the next question. Why was he commuted? Why was his sentence commuted? No. It's because they're fighting the establishment. Who's who's the guy you would rather champion as a as a symbol of of America? Robert Mueller. No. Who served in who was on a fire team in Vietnam? Right. As a Purple Heart. Roger Stone, who walks around in a top hat, having done what it's I. I don't a trust fund get it. billionaire as I president. I don't get it. You think that that man, Roger Stone and Donald Trump, who have never worked a, a, a have never sweated a day in their lives working any sort of like manual labor job, mm-hmm. upholds your way of life and gives a shit about your culture? I I, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, dude. They're pedophiles. I'm I saying just, it. I just don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't get it, dude. I don't. I, I had, don't know either. I had a woman asking for kill, like kill ammo yesterday. She kill came in ammo looking for kill ammo. That's the word she used. Kill ammo. And then, and then we said like, well, the ammo you're holding is full metal jacket. It's practice ammo. And she like throws it back on the shelf and says, I need kill ammo. And we're like, what are you talking about? That's still like, you know nothing. Like that's still ammunition that will hurt some. And she's like, "So that'll hurt somebody." We're like, "Yeah, if you shoot somebody with it, it will hurt somebody. It's not hollow point, but it'll still hurt somebody." Are you kidding? So me? she picks it back up and she goes, "So this will kill protesters and anarchists that are coming for my property." She said that. Yeah, dude. She looked exactly like the woman from Missouri, the Ken and like the the yeah yeah yeah, yeah the Ken and Karen from mm-hmm. Missouri, exactly like that woman, mid forties, white, big hair, like blouse on like just kill ammo looking for kill ammo dude these people are petrified they are so scared and she called back later apologizing not for her words but because of her frustration she said i didn't mean to take out my frustration i'm just really scared here's a video of him sledding oh my god dude he looks like a he looks like you know those chicken you know and like you have like those chicken tenders in the gas station like and they just like the baked under the lights yes that's exactly what he looks like Man, he's just a sweaty man. <laughs> he just. Anyways, so what you're talking about there, like that is the the them coming back to like the well, the, they've been in it for 50 years and they haven't done anything. It's it's. I said the reason that got brought up is I'm like, dude, Donald Trump has not served in anything a day in his life. Well, maybe that's what we need. How is that what you need? What are you talking about? Hillary Clinton served in politics her whole life. Whether or not you agree with her, her, her policies or ideas is a different story. But the fact that she served and tried to operate within the system, if that's what we value, maybe it isn't what we value she was, anymore. She was a senator. She was a secretary of state. Yeah. I, I, her qualifications, like I said, you can disagree with her ideas and her ideas about the role of government. Yeah. That's fine. I do. But right, it's. But she's served. I mean, I I just 
It's I always think of that video where I sent you where that guy's interviewing all those Trump supporters and they're like, I, would you guys say that Trump supporters care about women and, and uh, respect women? They're like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. We love women. We respect women. He's like, all right. Now, t- tell me what your shirt says again. It says Trump that bitch. <laughs> they're so stupid. How do they not see it? It doesn't. Because they know what they it's it's the over it's the Overton it's the Overton window, and the Overton window is a con is like a term used to describe what is accept what is the range of acceptable political thought within a society at any, any given time. Okay. So right That's now the over like right now the Overton like at one point the Overton window allowed for the ownership of other human beings and, right. and like the the. You can beat your wife, and women aren't allowed to vote. Mm-hmm. Over time, that Overton window has obviously shifted, okay. and you can view, you can get glimpses into where those boundaries are based on people's language. And mm. I think that the 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 aggregate of society knows that you can't say I disrespect women openly, right? So I get what you're saying. So they they're saying that even though they don't believe it, yeah, because they know that there's a society, there is a societal cost to openly saying. I don't respect women. I'm thinking about even like, hey, how are you? And you, you're there's the expectation to say I'm good or I'm yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's that's like, different. That's but like yeah. the, it's the it's that Overton it's that Overton window. Okay. And so people will cognitively pick up on this because of just social interactions, right? What is going on in the media? What's being told? Like your your day to day interactions. Mm-hmm. You under you understand that there's things that you cannot you cannot say. Right. So in order to change. Legislation gives us guidelines, right? For but sure. in order for but if but if legislation changed thought, there wouldn't be any criminals, right? So mm-hmm. what we have to do is you have to change you have to shift that Overton window or move things out of that Overton window in order to really change thought over time. And you can I think that's a good way in which you can sort of gauge progress mm-hmm. within a society. And I think that the fact that regardless of how these people really think and how they're acting the fact that they have they know that they have to at least pay window dressing to certain things right. shows that at least society is still moving in a in a right direction and that enough there's there's enough of a social cost yeah. for saying the wrong thing that people will still say the right say the right thing regardless of whether right. they believe it that's interesting and i think that that is where like and cuz i've been struggling like what what more can I do? Right. What more can I do? Because I'm not out on the streets protesting. I mean, there's also a freaking pandemic. Well, true. <laughs> but I'm like, what more can I do? And I'm thinking, well, I can help shift that Overton window by challenging, when I see it, mm. overtly racist or, or even subvertly racist comments. Right. You hear an off-color joke, call it out. Why is that funny? Yeah, for sure. And stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking like, that's where I think most of us in a day to, our day-to-day lives can help. That's is interesting. challenging Jake. those things and yeah. shifting that Overton window. That's just something I had been thinking about. That's awesome. You're woke, dude. <laughs> You're woke. I like that. Um, just for people, to, if they want to look this up, I, brought, I looked this up to make my argument. Um, the New York Times.com. Uh, has a Trump administration is reversing 100 environmental rules. Here's the full list. It was updated yesterday. There's 68 completed, 32 in progress, 100 total rollbacks. So wow, they're updating this list constantly, um, and the, and you can just go through the list and see all the things that the, either the EPA has done, Congress, Interior Department, Presidential Proclamation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Um, watch Roger Stone. Get me Roger Stone because. Wow. It, it's way more insight into 
the manipulation, the targeted manipulation, the intentional manipulation. Um, and and look, I'm sure I'm sure there are things and and psychological um, um, tactics that the Biden campaign is going for. You know, there's there's words they're using to 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 get emotional responses as well, right? I'm not blind to that, but the low, low, low bar and 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 level of attacks that the Trump administration chooses to take, you know, they go as low as they need to to mm-hmm. win. And it's kind of gross, dude. Well, they like but the the base seems to like it at face value yeah. because to them that's sticking it to the libs. Right. But they're the ones who need safe spaces to wear a hat. Yeah. All right, it's time for they said it best. You want to go? You want to start? You want to go first? Oh, dude, I've been crying all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So again, with the Reliant K, dude, mm-hmm. I'm just, I just, I, I don't know why I keep picking Reliant K. Sorry, guys. Anyways, I also started a new playlist um for they said it best it's separate from the playlist that we had with our albums with cj um it's all the songs that we talk about just on this segment um there's only a few now but it'll build and it'll get it i think it's kind of a fun Mm -hmm. way because you know i'll play the songs in the background but this is a place where you can go and listen to the whole thing and kind of get open your heart up a little bit um so the song i chose is you'll always be my best friend by Reliant k I think it's obviously intentional to be about a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but obviously I chose it for my pup. Um, you'll always be my, sorry, best friend. I'm looking at the lyrics. So like, I wish I, hold on, let me play it a little bit. I wish I knew you way back when, before you were part of my plans. I think we would have been friends. There's only time to live our lives uh, you'll be the one that's by my side and I can promise you you'll always be my best friend to the end when we part I will give you my heart I promise to love you with all that it is and I promise to be there whenever you need me because you'll always be my best friend very short it's literally like a minute long but it's just <sighs> yeah it's only like a minute and 42 seconds it's very short but, but it's... I'm pretty sure it's exactly a minute oh it's a minute 39 it's 39. scary okay. how close you have that <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to it on my way here again oh. I like this song it's just happy mm-hmm. And when I think about Dexter And I listen to this song It's not sad It's it's happy And Reliant K is amazing There's only time To live our lives You'll be the What did you think of it? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you sent when you sent it to me the first time. I knew exactly like, yeah, what you were sending it for, and um, they just have such a they just have such a a good way of saying things. Like their lyrics are so are so deep. Yeah. But they're all like, but you can get their meaning instantly from from listening the first time you listen to it you don't have to like listen back again and and figure okay well maybe that's that what that's what okay that's what they meant by that it's like the first time you listen to it 
the way they enunciate the way that they they build the imagery with their lyrics it's just like i know exactly what they're saying yeah and that's such a beautiful way to songwrite and it shows their talent they do this thing with lyrics i'm trying to find an example where they say the same thing twice mm-hmm. they say the same exact thing twice in a song in a lyric but the inflection is different so it means something different mm-hmm. i'm going to try to find an example i looked i can't find it anyways uh, you were just telling me something interesting. I paused it, obviously, so mm-hmm. nobody heard, and it's instant. <laughs> but because I was really trying to find it, I know there's examples where they say the same words twice, and the inflection changes, so it means something different. And it's so powerful the way that they do that. I can't remember what song it is. I know they've done it a million times on songs, um, but I couldn't find it. But you, f- you told me something interesting about um, "You'll Always Be My Best Friend." Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, so there's another song on the same album uh, that has the same chord progression as mm-hmm. You'll Always Be My Best Friend. It's called Curl Up and Die. Mm-hmm. And the the song You'll Be Always Be My Best Friend is your best friend being there for you through all these difficult times. And then Curl Up and Die is when your friend is going through something and then you being there for them. Dude. You're going to curl up. You'll curl up next to them, be with them through all their tough times because they were, you know, they were there for you and you've got that close bond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, and it has the same chord progression. So it's like there's those, these songs are supposed to build on each other and it's not something that they're outwardly, that they, they just, they stated that was right out to me when I was reading about this song and I was like, wow, that is so powerful. Like I love when songwriters do that within the yeah. album. And I think it gets back to a point that CJ was making when we we're talking about our albums is like when you can listen to these albums and like in their entirety yeah and you can appreciate when because like an album is like a construction it's like it's like a it's a series that in a story that they're trying to tell and good artists do that within their albums on purpose yeah. and it's like trying to you know get that like being able to pick up on those messages because it is an art it is an art form like these are artists and they, that that's that word is used purposefully right. because they, they it is it is art and I, I just i don't know i love it i found an example of course, yeah. I found an example. Okay. <laughs> right. um, it's just it's something simple, but it's on uh, the album. Uh, it's the song Chap Sticks, Chap Lips, and Things Like Chemistry is the name of the song. Okay. Um, it's on the album Two Lefts Don't Make a Right, but Three Do. Um, and it's the very, last, the very last words of the song. And he says, I don't want to be perceived the way I am. I just want to be perceived the way I am. Hmm. And they do that so often where they say the same things, but just change it enough to mean something so much deeper. And I love that about Relaine K. Yeah. Anyways. So that's it. Good song. Yes. Thank um, you for sharing. Next week's choice is also a Relaine K song, but it's reflective of, of this new, I guess, hopeful me. Yeah. Um, I sent it to you already. Yeah. But, um, I'm excited. I, I love, I love doing this because you and I will send each other, music and i'm like okay that's how i kind of get it like that's how jeff's feeling right now right so right. like I, I like it it's it's insight into into you are you and our friendship and everything like that so right. this is just this is it's just fun. so much fun um and i know jesse shout out jesse wigged i know he likes when we talk music so yeah. i hope he appreciates this segment it's one that we enjoy doing so um we'll continue to do so tell me about your jam eventually we need to talk about jesse's song picks though why doesn't he because he keeps bothering and he keeps wanting us to do it did he send us his song picks yeah didn't he i don't know he he said like you need to talk about our song picks 
Like my song picks. He's I'm pretty sure he sent them to what, us. What? Your his song picks? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Well, Jesse, if you send us your song picks, send them again because <laughs> we'll talk about them. Okay. Maybe, um, I, maybe I was misunderstanding. No, that. you probably understood it right, and I'm just forgetting. But okay. life happens, okay? It does happen. Um, send us your songs again, Jesse. All right. Uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'll them. shred them to bits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I love you, Jesse. You're good. I, I appreciate you listening, even, yeah. if, even if Jeff is always giving you shit. Yeah. Um, your song. My song is from an uh, artist named Tyler Stenson, who I came across just on my Pandora. Mm-hmm. Um, you keep doing that. Yeah, I come across these songs, and I'm just like, this just hits. Like, this song hits right where I'm at. And this one is talking about something that uh, I think I get into in one of my images in my photography series, which yeah. is like, you know, relapse. And it's just like, you feel but like... At first, you like you're like man, it's like shit. Like I thought I moved past this. Yes. And then it oh, fucking, I know. And then it fucking hits you again, and you're just like, God damn it! And then you're just like, How am I going to get through this again? Like it took me so long to get through this the last yeah. time. And then it's just like reminding yourself, like you know, this this too shall pass, which yeah. is just something that has been in my family for such a long time between me, and my sister, and my mom, mm-hmm. and in my grandma who passed from cancer and it's just like always reminding ourselves like this too shall pass like you're going to be okay on the other side of this like you're still going to be jake Jokum. you're still going to be who you are despite of this bad thing that's happening right now in understanding progress and i know we've, we've, we've talked about that a lot and it's remind but it's constantly having to remind yourself yeah, oh which yeah it just gets hard and um i know for me like I always I would feel guilty. It would almost be like a guilt that this is coming back because it's like I've told people yes. like, oh, I've moved past it, but now I'm I'm back again, and like, just I don't know how to like. And then I feel bad about like, why am I feeling this way again? Mm-hmm. And feeling guilty, I'm like, I shouldn't feel this way. Did I keep my word? Yeah, like, and there then, are people like you said you were better. <laughs> yeah, and and it's like I was like, then you start feeling guilty, and you start like hate, and then you start like making your anxiety and your feelings your enemy yeah and unfortunately like you can't do that this was pointed out to to me like i was watching like by my my therapist who pointed me towards this psychiatrist who had done this this work on um cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. in anxiety especially the panic attacks and he's like when you start to hate your anxiety you're really what you're doing is you're you're making yourself the enemy mm. because like you're those feelings are you like if your history is what if you're if remembering your history brings you anxiety and you and you make those feelings your enemy well then your history is your enemy that's interesting. if your mind like you're like you hate your your like you you blame your mind for taking you to these places you you then make your you're making your mind your enemy or you're making your body your enemy you're making yourself your enemy when you make your anxiety your that's enemy because your anxiety is, is you like that's part of you it's physiological yeah and so it's accepting that those anxiety that anxiety emotions are going to come mm-hmm. instead of letting the thought patterns go negative reframe like accepting it as for what it is analyzing it and saying okay i feel this way now I'm not going to feel this way forever. Letting it go and and just reframing it as something positive and being viewing those memories and whatever is causing you anxiety, being stopping and remembering to, to not be hard on yourself and and take care of yourself. Yeah. Like be easy on yourself. Show yourself the care that you would show others. For sure. Right? And That's it's a good so point. and it's so hard to do to yourself, but mm-hmm. it's so easy to do to other people when you see somebody struggling. 
Like, yeah, it's easy to give that person care and be like, what you're feeling is, is fine and don't beat yourself up. Like, of course it's okay. But then when you feel those same things or similar things and you beat yourself up for them because like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's like, well, you don't hold the other people to those standards. Stop hold. Right. Stop holding yourself to those standards. And I think it's just, for me, it's just remembering that this too shall pass. And there's always going to be setbacks. But as long as you're progressing, this my my next choice, it's funny, like you're going Reliant K two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm going this guy two weeks in a row. <laughs> I'll send you the song here okay. and and after we get done. And it's um, it's just remembering that we're always growing. Right. And, and, uh, and as, long as, as long as you get better each day, you're you're progressing and you're growing and, and that's a good thing. Let's take some time to hear this real quick. But believe you me just sturdy up your heart oh this too shall pass oh I know these days are Yeah, one thing you were talking that I, I really like really resonates with me is like you when you fall back into it, you're like, I'm here again. Mm-hmm. Like, how did I get here? One thing I'll say with Dexter passing, you talk about anxiety. My wife has anxiety. Friends I know have anxiety. And I don't get that. I don't get that. I get a little anxious sometimes about things. Uh, if I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I get a little anxious. But nothing like what I hear people describe, right? The tightness in the chest, the panic, the, sh- the real panic, mm-hmm. the, the, the physiological reactions, right? Yeah. Since he died, I I have had, like, I think they're, like, minor panic attacks. Yeah. Like, chest, my chest was tightened, and, like, I couldn't breathe, mm-hmm. and... I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And Jen's like, yeah, dude, that's what that is. And I'm like, I can never understand or comprehend, you know, what you guys go through every day. But that little bit of insight, just that tension and like, Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And then you're uncomfortable and you get up and like, you want to like, you're searching for something to solve it. And it just didn't. Honestly, it was the worst. Yeah. It's wanting to be with it's wanting to be with people and then when you're with people you want to be alone. Yeah. It's so weird. It's and so weird. It's it's just not but yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm I'm sorry you I'm sorry you 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 experienced that cuz yeah. it, it sucks. It's the worst, dude. I can and to have it every day or to have it like uncontrolled or you know, I I am having it as a reaction to a death, right? Mm-hmm. That's that makes sense. It's part of the grieving it's part of the grieving process. Right. Yeah. But to just have it constantly or to have it be you have you be your own enemy like you're talking about mm-hmm. where you spiral into this thought process of like Okay, don't get anxious. Wait, now I'm getting anxious about not getting anxious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen that so many times or like or or just the the you know the fear of um of uh spontaneity. Mm-hmm. I know that that can be a trigger for some people like no, I need to have everything planned out or I'll freak out. Like I I don't know. I don't get it, but I think I get it a little more. And I always try to be more understanding about it, but I mean, I just feel like Dexter is constantly giving me these little life lessons like, dude, like 
here's here's what anxiety feels <laughs> like, which is not a great lesson, but it is a great lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eased my heart. I feel better. I feel like as they'll see next week with my song choice, like disconnect a little bit from from the from this synthesized like constructive world. Mm-hmm. Get out in nature a little bit. Spend time with your friends and family. I know that it's COVID, but whether that's Skyping or talking, quit texting, have a conversation, yeah. have a phone call. Um, tone, tone gets lost in texts. Every time. <laughs> Every you, time. Why have, are you being a dick, bro? I'm absolutely not being a dick. I if, don't know how you read that that yeah. way. <laughs> and if you have anxiety, text messages are the worst because yeah. you read way too much into them. Oh, you do. Yes, you do, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you got to go to work. I got to go to work. Thank you for listening. Um, this was therapeutic for me. I don't know how it was for all of you listening, but uh, I'll share this playlist so you guys can jam out to it. Um, it's kind of depressing, but it's... I think it's going to get better. Yeah. The playlist. Mm-hmm. The playlist is a little bit of a downer. Yeah. But even you and I, prior to recording, we're talking about some a band, I won't say who, mm-hmm. who sounds poppier, but also writes about very depressing kind of things yeah even though their music's popular so maybe maybe if the lyrics don't change at least the, maybe the music will yeah um and we'll get there uh next week we'll be a little more positive i promise well i can't promise that but god i hope so it, it has to get better <laughs> it it uh it, it will yeah just uh just not today this too shall pass this too shall pass all right i'll see you next week all right bye love you guys